0: Hola, welcome to season three of More Than Rice and Beans, the Mother son podcast where we introduce you to our favorite Latinx creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs.
1: I'm Miguel, a mechanical engineer, PhD student at Johns Hopkins University, funded by a NASA Fellowship.
0: And I'm his mom, Tanya. I'm a chef, educator, and proud New Yorker.
1: This season on More Than Rice and Beans, we've got, well, a lot more for you. More amazing guests, more ridiculous sidebar conversations, and more meaningful discussions on what it's like to navigate this world as a Latinx person.
0: We're so excited you're joining us for this incredible season, along with our all-star lineup of guests. Get ready, because this time, it's way more than rice and beans. Welcome back to More Than Rice and Beings, the podcast where a Latinx mother and son talk about life, culture, food, and more. I'm the mom, Tanya.
1: And I'm her son, Miguel. I'm so excited you joined us for today's episode because we have another fantastic musician here. Mom, I still can't believe our lineup this season.
0: I know, right? Today we are joined by composer, musician, and producer, Young Rinders.
1: Jan was born and raised in the Netherlands. And after years of orchestral and piano compositions, he began exploring the world of salsa music. Today, his music has reached over 100 countries and tens of thousands of listeners. Welcome to the show, Jan. We're so excited to have you here and really surprised that you got into salsa music from the Netherlands.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thank you, guys. Really nice to be here at the show. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Well, first off, Yang, I'm pretty sure you win our award of the most surprising path to Latino music. Can you tell us about your background and how you found your way into Salsa?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I pretty much raised in a musical family. So my parents, they had a piano. So when I was little, you know, I just tried to figure out the piano by myself. And uh, when I was six years old, uh, my parents put me on piano lessons. But I had three lessons, and then I was really bored, so I quit. I <laughs> said, "I just wanted to do my own my own thing on it." And my brother, he he studied piano for years. And when I was nine years old, uh, I started started to study accordion, mm-hmm. and I did that for around ten years. Um, by a very passionate teacher, so he taught me. Like he inspired me in the music, in his passion for the music and played in several uh, orchestras uh, with him. So, yeah, that's where my musical training began.
0: And how uh, do you find your way into salsa?
2: Well, um, my, I've got two brothers, one older brother, one younger brother. And my older brother, he got married to a lady from Argentina. Uh (laughs) so our whole family we went to Buenos Aires to the wedding and Buenos Aires they have this big wedding ceremony all night long with the whole family with lots of food with lots of entertainment and the the salsa teachers of my sister-in-law they gave this amazing show like this amazing performance of a salsa and they also did a nice animation uh, for the people who were there and they also organized a dancing competition. they picked couples from the, from the public. And they also picked me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And so we had to dance on the salsa. And I had no idea what I was doing. Literally. <laughs> I was quite embarrassed. <laughs> and uh, later on, the friends of my sister-in-law, they took me to a salsa teca. You know, it's a salsa club in okay. Buenos Aires. And I, I never knew about this, you know. Me coming oh. from Europe, growing, growing up with very different music, styles going to very different clubs this was my first experience with a salsa club and i was like wow this is, i love this and when i go back to the netherlands um i started to taking salsa classes in amsterdam mm-hmm. you know and i got hooked uh like i went with my brother and two other girls and they all quit but i i really loved it so i <laughs> I I stayed uh, taking classes, going to Salsa socials. So that's my first real experience with Salsa and Salsa music. But I never would have thought to one day make this Salsa music. So um, like around six years ago, I started to get in producing music, composing and producing music. And it was in different styles. It was at first in trance. It's like a dance uh, EDM music style and uh, later on orchestral music in the cinematic style so I was busy with that uh, but then three years ago a girl from my salsa class she found out that I was composing and producing music so when she found out she asked me so have you ever made a salsa song? <laughs> And I was like, no, you know, it's not possible the way I produce music because I make it like with a piano, electric piano on a computer, with sample Mm -hmm. libraries, virtual instruments. And, you know, of course, I listen to it a lot in the classes and the parties. But when I listened to Latin salsa music, I never could understand the rhythms, how they work. Like when I hear Western music, I can understand it and I could recreate it as soon as I heard it. But with salsa, I, I couldn't figure it out. So she asked me this question. And I told her, nah, it's not possible. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but the question got stuck in my head, you know, for like two weeks. And two weeks later, I felt inspiration. Like, why shouldn't I try it? Why don't I give it a try? So, and I, I told to myself, I'm going to have to do it with the stuff that I have. I can't buy anything new. I've Got to use the stuff that I already have, and I'm gonna make something with that. That was a challenge, and I was like, I have no clue what is the conga doing, sounds and music. So I I I looked on YouTube, basic tutorial, ba- basic pattern of the conga. <laughs> you know? So I watched that and uh, figure out how the, how the pattern worked and recreating the the basic pattern. I'm like, ah, okay. And then I was like, okay, the baseline, What's the bass line doing there in rhythm? So Figure that one out, and when I had those, you know, and melodies started flowing out, I started playing, and in two days, the first song, La Flecha, In Mi Corazón, was finished, like in two days. I was like in this inspirational uh, flow. And I wasn't sure about the song, so I sent it to the group where I uh, took dance classes, and they loved it, they loved the song. And the girl who asked me If I ever made a salsa song, she was on a holiday and she found out later. And when she heard it, she fell in love with the song right away. And she has her own dance school and she also organizes her own salsa parties. And there was a party that night when she came back. So she was like, Jan, love this song. Let's play it tonight at my party. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? And um, so the party was played there. We had the premiere of the song, of course. And the people loved it. They they loved it so much. They kept bugging the girl. When is it gonna be released? When can we download this song? When when can we listen to it again? You know. And she she sent all these uh, requests to me like for weeks <laughs> because I was I I had never had the attention to release actually release the song because I was busy with orchestral music, you know. And this was like so different from that. Um, but then after a couple of weeks, she, she told me, like, if I were you, I would really reconsider to release this song. So I thought I gave it another thought and I decided so I, I should release it. And a week later, I was at uh, another salsa social show, show uh, in my neighborhood. And one of the most famous DJs from Europe, DJ Willie, he was playing there. And I suddenly I heard my song. During the social, so I was like, "What? <laughs> it's like, How? 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 How?" So I went, I went up to the DJ, DJ Billy, and I, I, I said to him, "Like, yeah, the song that you just played." He's like, "Yeah, it's made by a Dutchman." I'm <laughs> like, "I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy, you know." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "Jan, this song is gonna be a hit." He says to me, "Um." Next week, um I'm gonna play in Croatia at this big festival, the Salsa Festival in Croatia, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it right there. And he did. And when he came back, he told me, Jan, I played your song. 30 people came to me when I played your song to ask about it. Wow. You know? and from yeah. there it just exploded. That's... It it people DJs picked it up everywhere, dancers picked it up. Um so I was like, yeah, maybe I should make some more. <laughs> <You
1: know>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. If it was that successful. And I'm kind of surprised with the how big the, it seems like there's a big salsa community over there in, in the Netherlands and in Europe.
2: Oh yeah, it has a very vibrant uh, salsa community in Europe. Uh, Amsterdam, huge salsa scene. Uh, basically there's almost every day, there's a social you can go to, to to dance. There's lots of dance schools you can follow classes and learn the styles of cuban or uh, on one the new york style uh, the la style like yeah it's really nice and there's lots of festivals organized uh, in europe where uh, they invite all the the, the biggest artists,
0: uh, artists when you know. mentioned the dj and how he made uh, your your some popular DJs, actually. That's the same way it was here in the 70s in New York, where all DJs, when all the disco music was going, in, it was starting to become popular. It was the DJs who made it very popular, the disco music. And I don't know if you know the history of salsa. The salsa was created by the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans in New York. So it's really cool for for me, for a native New, New Yorker to hear that they play salsa in the Netherlands and they dance to it in Europe and Croatia. Oh, my goodness. And I think I saw on your Instagram you had Oscar de Leon in a festival? Yeah,
2: yeah he yes, uh, was here Friday night performing at uh, Kwaku Festival. It's a, it's a festival from Suriname. From It's a small country in South America where they speak Dutch, actually. <laughs> it's the only country that speaks Dutch and, like, in South America. And they have this festival. It started off as like a soccer competition, but then they had all the food from there and uh, the music. And it became bigger and they had a soccer competition against the Dutch Antilles or against Jamaica or Cuba, whatever people from there. So this event grew. Over the years, and yeah, so they had a they had a concert from Oscar de Leon. He played for like a couple hours. Uh, he, he made he's been making. I am jealous. For years, so he made he he entertained, and he he's seventy nine years old, but what? he gave the show. Like he was thirty, thirty 30 years old. Like it's, it's amazing, this guy. Like, wow. My God,
0: he, he's my dream. I want to see Oscar de Leon. I'm like, yeah. ever since I was a little girl, I was like, oh my God, I love his music. And I want to see him in prison. I am jealous. I saw that yeah. and I
2: was like, when was- is he
0: coming to New York?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's touring all of Europe. So uh, a lot of okay. people can enjoy his shows. Uh, these that guys. is very
0: cool.
1: I have a... Uh a personal relationship with music as well. Since uh, most of my life before I went into mechanical engineering, I was a percussionist. I went to a performing arts high school and everything. And I basically my entire life was set up to go into music. And then I surprised everyone when I was like, Oh, I'm just going to be an engineer instead. Oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious because I saw on, on your LinkedIn and your socials that you came from sports management. <laughs> so i'm i'm curious as to what that transition was and if anybody was surprised about that
2: yeah like uh, to me like of course there was to me always the dilemma am i gonna go into music or do something else you know basically mm-hmm. i didn't know what i wanted to do um so yeah i i did a study sport management and business because it's very broad you know, you learned a little yeah. bit of everything, <laughs> but not enough, you know, to be specialized in something. So uh, during the studies, um, I I doubted if I should still make the switch to go to a conservatory. Is that how you call it in English? So, yeah. Uh, study music. Um, but, you know, I was already two years in, so I was like, maybe I, I'll just finish the study so I have the diploma, you know? Uh, And I did that because I I didn't know what to do in music. Like what? Okay, I can I can go to conservatory, but what am I going to do? I'm going to give concerts in accordion, you know, or become a pianist or something. Like I didn't uh, really felt that that was my where I wanted to go. So I did I didn't know what what I could do in music, uh, what I would be happy about, uh, you know. So, yeah, I finished the studies, and when I finished, it was like thinking the financial crisis was back then. So, for every vacancy, there were like a thousand applicants, you know. <laughs> and during the studies, I already figured out that I didn't want to work in sports. <laughs> so... Well, at least you learned something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did, you know, that's like, where the craziness starts. <laughs>
2: yeah, so then I, I I came into this whole world of of studio and music production, how to produce your own music, and I, I bought all this hardware. So I was like, well, I just you know make my own album in orchestral music. <laughs> so so I just did that, you know, and I didn't really know what road I should take. Where, but but it was exciting to me to figured out on my own how to produce an album and how to release it so that's that's what i started uh, doing and then later on three years ago you know you never know this this lady asked about the salsa music and suddenly you make a song that is a hit in the salsa scene i I could have never never (laughs) never never expected this would ever happen ever
0: Many people are surprised when Miguel told everyone he wasn't continuing with music. But I know from personal experience that life can take a lot of turns and decisions. It's so fascinating listening to two albums on Spotify because your 2016 album, Last Dawn Before Sunrise, is very sweeping and cinematic. And then in 2020, you released La Flecha y Mi Corazon, which is meant to be danced to. But you can still... Here, so many similarities. How did you bring that unique style into your salsa music?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, like, it it, bec- it came from the limits that I put myself to. Like, okay. I was used to um, working with orchestral instruments, like the violins and stuff. Like, I did that a lot. And I was... Um, yeah, searching for a way to make salsa, but I, I, like, for one, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of experience in doing that. <laughs> and I didn't have all the instruments or the nice samples to make a convincing mock-up of a salsa song. Okay. And, um, you know, I had some inspiration from um, a song, I forgot the name, um, from DJ Ricky Campanelli, a very famous song uh, with a guitar in it. Like it opens mm-hmm. with a guitar. I love that. I really love that. And I was like, I want to have a guitar in my salsa song, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I, I played uh, the samples, a uh, piano with the guitar samples. And it was like, in the two days that I made the song, it was like an experiment. I was like, what if I try to add the strings, you know? and these melodies came flowing out and it like to my ears I was like yeah this sounds good like i should i should i should try it so um it's because of i had limit myself with what I, what I could use and i use what i got and this is what flowed out and maybe this this why it has a, a little different sound than a traditional salsa band you know, because that's how you normally record songs. So you have a live band who, who plays everything together.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so I think it's the, because this, this is the way I make music. So this is kind of what came out of it. And the people loved it. So, yeah, I, I started to make more of it. So, I think so how many how.
0: songs do you have that have that similarity?
2: Um, but of course, I also tried some different directions, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah because the people love that style the most mm-hmm. i i made more of those so let me see so it's La flat sheets porque te amo mm-hmm. uh summer love um Oh, I, I don't remember all the titles. This is embarrassing.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. Yesterday, I actually heard one that was very cinematic, and I was like, "I feel like I'm in Star Wars, or it belongs in The Lord of the Rings, or Star Wars." I couldn't figure out where that song belonged, but it was really cinematic. I like it.
2: Yeah, so this <laughs> is also what I did. Uh, like for example, yeah, with I actually did a cover of a of a cinematic song from the mm. movie Braveheart. It's from the composer James Horner. And okay. he made an amazing score uh, for the movie Braveheart. It's a really iconic score uh, that is very memorable. And one of the themes from that movie is called uh, For the Love of a Princess.
0: Yes, that's the one.
2: Yes, and I made a Salsa cover of it. <laughs> you know? Because to me, to me, the, the first songs, it was like, uh, like how fun would it be to be on a dance floor, a social show show, and while you're li- dancing on the stone, you feel like you're in a romantic movie scene, you know? Mm-hmm. This is this So this is like the feeling uh, that, that I, I would like to uh, create. So, so I made a couple of those, yeah.
0: <laughs> so how do you feel when you compose a song? What does, that, what does it bring out of you?
2: Well, to me, music is a great way to express my feelings. You know, mm-hmm. when I, I play the piano, it becomes an extension of myself and when I'm in the creative zone, things just start flowing out when I'm improvising, you know. And this is to me one of the best feelings, one of the, my favorite things to do, you know, to make music and, you know, it, 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 to me it's amazing how people can connect, or how the music can connect to people, how people feel connected because of the music, because of the emotions that they experience. Uh, it's very intimate experience, like I remember when I listened to an a song that touches me, you know you never forget it you you know you instantly become a fan of the song of the composer when you have this experience yeah, so I, I had this experience myself, so it's absolutely crazy that now people come to me <laughs> you know who have that same experience, but with my music and they feel mm-hmm. uh, uh, a connection with me, but I've never met them before. But they already feel this connection with me. So, hence uh, me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, when I first, I mean, like, I've, like, there's so many feelings that I felt when I first heard the song. But, you know, I, one of the things that it gave me was hope. Did you, when you composed that song, had some type of hope of something? Because I felt that, I was like, there's, there's, I don't know, like, I feel like everything's going to be fine and there's still hope in the world with that song
2: yes it's funny that you say that because you know a lot of times like making music is always also a way to deal with difficult difficulties in life you know Mm -hmm. it's like a therapy so and i i think most people in life have experienced you know that time that you fall in love with this person and then you found out find out that they're not available you know Mm -hmm. you know the situation as, as everybody can relate to that, and you know, I thought to myself, I've got two to- choices. I can choose to linger in this feeling of ah, you know, for me, I'm in love with this girl who's not available. But for me, it was a conscious decision. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something positive with it, you know. And I put put this decision into the music. In in the La Fletcher in my So this is how it how it came to be. And so yeah, it is because so that's probably why people feel can feel it uh, in this way.
0: And sometimes it's hard to express the feelings, but definitely that's what I felt.
1: So I don't know too much about the music industry in the Netherlands, for sure. But I'm sure it's as cutthroat as almost anywhere else in the world. And you talked a bit about some of the challenges that, that you went through. Um, but can you talk a bit more about any like big hurdles, maybe even going into salsa music as you continue to try to do more? Um, and how do you deal with disappointments in your mm-hmm. career?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, in Salsa, I didn't experience any disappointments yet. <laughs>
0: Amen.
2: Like, like, um, like this is the beautiful thing. Like, before Salsa, I, I had a difficult experience in the music industry. It was very difficult for me. And Salsa changed all that because it, because of the Latin community and the Salsa scene, it taught me that it can also be different. It can be positive. It can be uplifting. It can be supportive, you know? And I was like, Wow. <laughs> you know, this is, is what I've been looking, looking for, you know, and and it's right here.
0: So we're going to change the subject a little bit, and we're going to talk about comida. Vamos a hablar de comida. So what is your favorite Latin cuisine?
2: Ooh, <laughs> my favorite. Well, um, I think I really love Mexican food. Like, it's <laughs> always been like so delicious and i love the tacos i love the enchiladas i love the fajitas Mm -hmm. Uh, but for example my sister-in-law she she lives in the netherlands with my brother and she's from argentina and she loves cooking (laughs) so she makes all these delicious dishes and when she comes over she sometimes brings empanadas Mm -hmm. you know love those love those too uh, she she loves to make very delicious desserts, you know, these meringue cakes and stuff like this. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really love the, the Latin food. Really love it.
0: That's great! Nice combination, salsa and the uh, food. So, if you were to rate your salsa dancing, what would it be from one to ten?
2: My salsa dancing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> now that you're got more involved, you know, after the wedding.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I've been dancing for a while. Like, I, d- I don't consider myself as talented in, in salsa dancing as in the music, you know. Okay. Uh, salsa dancing, I would say, like, I'm a very good leader, oh. you know. Um, I would give myself, if I would have rated myself, I would give myself, like, a, a seven, seven. All five, right. Around that range,
0: yeah, yeah. Nice. before we let you go we have some rapid fire questions for you so our listeners can get to know you a bit better are you ready yes favorite song of all time
2: favorite song that's a good one like I listen to a lot of Sharmas, it's got to be probably um, an album Can can I say an album um like to me the song that had the biggest of the album that had the biggest impact to me was from the movie Gladiator, the soundtrack from Hans Zimmer
1: oh. and I just he... watched Gladiator for the first <laughs> time last night, literally last <laughs> night <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like when I walked out of this theater, I was so blown away by, by this movie by everything, you know, the acting, the story but the music, you know it was in perfect symbionts and this music conveying all these emotions um and i listened to it a ton and it inspired me to get into the orchestral cinematic music you know to try to create it so it's been a big inspiration to me but i love lots of music styles lots of music uh but i have to i have to pick one it's that one
0: oh cool best place to dance salsa in the netherlands
2: best place to dance salsa um my favorite is uh, when there's the Amsterdam International Salsa Congress. That's usually once a year. And then sometimes they have the place called the Koning. And it's this really fancy place where wed- lots of big weddings are done and stuff. But it's a pretty new av- uh, avenue. And it's got a marble floor. It's got the nice uh, double staircase to the top. It's got a really nice Modern lighting stuff. They got like um, a podium that can rise up from the floor. They got the smoke. Uh, they got all these these really nice things. Fancy. Uh, but it's 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 a really fancy place. And um, my experience there is, of course, you're with the most fanatic dancers from all over the world, and
0: yeah.
2: having a really nice social, really good time. Uh, so loved it. Loved it.
0: Nice. Most challenging language, Dutch, English, or Spanish?
2: To me, it's Spanish because I know English and Dutch. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I, I think Dutch is probably more challenging than Spanish probably to learn.
0: Oh, can you say something in Dutch probably. for us?
2: For Dutch. Uh, what do you want to hear? Which I don't
0: know. Of... I say something. <laughs> Anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't put him on the spot.
0: <laughs> well that's a rapid fire question. Okay. Say more than rice and beans in Dutch.
2: Meer dan rice en bone.
0: Ooh, okay, we're gonna finish it off with that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the strangest place you've ever gotten an idea for a song.
2: The strangest place. Uh, um, that's a good one.
1: That's no, a good one.
2: make you, you think. Yeah, <laughs> that made me. That makes does make me think because I don't know if I can think of one. <laughs> <laughs> like strangest place, ah, you know, yeah, it can be anywhere. Yeah. Like the, the bad thing is, is when you get an idea, and you're not in an neighborhood of your studio, then you're screwed because if you don't, <laughs> if you don't record it somehow you're going to forget it. You're going to yeah. forget it right away. You know? So I probably have tons of ideas. It could be maybe on the toilet or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Not taking a shower.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Just walking, it's, it's probably me just like on the bike or walking somewhere. I don't know. I'm just in the zone and I'm just thinking about these ideas and something pops up and then uh, I forget it. So <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: An instrument you would like to learn to play?
2: Well, actually, that's that's got to be Latin uh, percussion instruments. So I borrowed mm-hmm. these uh, congas from a girl whose whose father used to be a percussionist, and he had all the Latin perca- percussion instruments. And uh, he he died a long time ago, but she keeps his instruments has an emotional value for for her, of course, and she doesn't do anything with it and you know so I, I already borrowed her bongos before <laughs> i uh and now i have the con- i have a set of congas and uh learned some patterns on that um
0: nice yeah it's
2: it, it's always a really nice thing to play with real instruments yes yeah for sure like it's to me playing a real piano is so much better than playing an electric piano or You know, I got some little Latin shakers now, you know, stuff like this, so I can uh, record it myself. Um, So, yeah, Latin percussion.
0: Nice. If you weren't a musician, what would you be doing today?
2: Well, actually, I do a lot of other stuff because I don't live from music yet. Okay. You know, I'm in the process of, of course, it's a success story in the making, as it were. um, so yeah I, I have two jobs at the moment but I'm gonna quit those and I'm gonna start a new one in September it's gonna be in IT as a software tester you know um, so yeah I'm gonna do that until I can live from the music then I quit quit the job that I do besides that mm-hmm. so that's, that's the goal
0: let's make that happen yes <laughs> Huge outdoor salsa festival or super cool tiny salsa club.
2: Um well the good the the nice thing about the the, the small salsa club is is that it's in a neighborhood and they can go anytime. So I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And the the salsa festivals are really nice because you got like this amazing amount of high-level dancers you can dance with and Sometimes you got the live bands playing, you got all these amazing artists coming. Um, but it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> also, true. Also, like you can't go every week to a festival, you know, you'll mm-hmm. be really broke. Um,
0: <laughs> really broke. broke.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, but it's okay. Like uh, we're all more than happy that we have the freedom now that we can do this because we were stuck, you know. For a long uh, time. For a long time. So well, I gotta great. say
0: que me siento bien que la gente que ustedes le la salsa. So I'm gonna say that in English. I am very proud that you that your community loves our music, salsa music. You, actually, it actually makes me very happy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's really cool to know that there's yeah. a, a big community because then it it means that like Latin culture is spreading to the rest of yeah, the world. Yeah, it means
0: a lot to us more than you more than rice and beans.
1: Yes, well it, <laughs> it's literally, literally everywhere.
2: The the, the the salsa scene and I love it and I think because the the positive vibes that this scene has to offer everybody like so many people need this in their lives. Mm. Like um and people everywhere doesn't matter where you come from, which country you are, which color your skin is, what what what's your background doesn't matter. You know, there's people all over the world loving Latin culture mm-hmm. and um, enjoying the music, dancing, learning learning these Latin dance styles. You know, and uh, I think it's important. You know, this scene for it's something we need, and um, we need to keep spreading the love. For, for Latin music, for Latin dancing, you know, for Latin food, you know, it's it's it, it's a unique thing and, you know, I'm glad that I found it uh, in my life, it brings me so much joy, happiness, you know, the community is amazing, the people in this community is really mm-hmm. amazing too, Um and it's amazing to share this love for for the Latin culture together, you know?
0: Yeah,
2: thank uh, you. Come, come together and enjoy enjoy these things. It's a great thing. So thank you for
1: for that.
0: Aww. Yeah,
1: thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Jan. Before you say goodbye, can you tell us where to find your music and where we can keep track of your work online?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's available on all the all the platforms that release music, so you can find it on Spotify, on Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Amazon, you know, YouTube, Deezer, tidal, yeah, all the other ones. It's available on there. So, if you just search for my name, Jan Reinders. Uh, or La Fleche en Mi Corazón because it's a unique title for a song actually I found out. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is? And then you'll find, yeah, there's no other song that's called that. Um, so what inspired
0: what, that title?
2: Because it was unique, uh, I was looking for a title kind of like that. Yeah. And I thought like usually it's, it's uh, La Flecha en Mi Corazón instead oh, of E.
0: Okay, love it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of More Than Rice and Beans. It was so fascinating hearing about salsa music in a place usually associated with wooden shoes and folk music.
1: <laughs> if,
0: you, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating, a review, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts.
1: And if you want to learn more about bringing some flavor into your listening and your life, head to coquithechef.com to check out a collection of recipes, ingredients and classes to suit every taste. We'll see you here next time on More Than Rice and Beef.
0: Alright, before we go, I want you to say in Dutch, listen to Listen to More Than Rice and Beans on Spotify.
2: Listen to Rice and Beans <laughs> on Spotify.
0: Woo!
1: You sounded like a radio show host just now.
2: <laughs> I love it. should say Rice and Beans in the English,
1: way? I don't know. Oh no, I kind of like it in the Dutch. I like it like
2: that. <laughs> I like the <it> Dutch
0: better. <laughs>